Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. We have a guest, same Professor Dershowitz, what can be done? Title 42, it's just a small deportation tool. Ultimately, immigration reform needs to happen, obviously. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And this is only a stopgap. What the Supreme Court basically said in a 5-4 to four decision with Justice Gorsuch, who is normally uh, with the five, normally it's 6-3, to three, uh, Gorsuch uh, went with the liberal justices and, and, and uh, uh, wouldn't go along with... Uh, the majority opinion. So we don't know what will happen in February when the case is actually argued. This was just a stopgap measure. This was the Supreme Court saying we don't want to contribute to the confusion. We don't want to issue a decision that would end Title 42 tonight at midnight, and then we would get blamed for everything that happened. Based Including on murder. How many that- people are those people that are, are being, we're letting in murder people? Well, they're just kicking the can down the road, Uh, and I don't think we can predict at this point what's going to happen. I would hope that Congress, in the meantime, could get its act together. Of course, starting in January, we have a divided uh, Congress, House of Representatives on one side, Senate on the other side. So it's unlikely that we're going to see a legislation, but this requires legislation. This situation is untenable as a matter of permanency, and the Supreme Court just filled in the gaps today. Alan, it's Richard Weinberg. I was reading an article in the last couple of weeks that said, stop the nonsense about rationalization on the health issue on Title 42 because it's COVID. The real reason they can do something about it is that the President of the United States under federal statute, and forgive me, I don't have the statute in front of me, specifically allows him to make changes to suspensions of the immigration law. Do you know about that? Yeah, and and that's what Gorsuch said. Gorsuch said, look, I'm not getting involved into whether this is permissible or not. Let me tell you, it has nothing to do with COVID. He said, the COVID emergency is over. I read that while I was coughing and wheezing from COVID. So there was a little bit of irony in that to me. I'm now suffering from COVID. But he said the COVID emergency is over and does not justify uh, Title 42, which was designed as an emergency COVID measure. So if you want to do it, you need to do it under a different justification. That's why I think the result in February is uh, essentially unpredictable. And this prefer- is part and parcel of a broader policy of the Supreme Court saying we don't want administrative agencies making the kinds of decisions that Congress ought to be making. We don't want the executive making the kinds of decisions that Congress ought to be making. These are decisions for the elected legislative branch. That's what the Supreme Court is saying. That's the that's the long-term message of what they're saying. And, Professor, right now, as we speak, uh, COVID is ex- exploding in China. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's exploding in my house, too, with both me and my wife. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get over it. We're, we're having chicken soup. And let me tell you, whatever they say about other cures, chicken soup is the way to go. Are you in Israel, Professor Dershowitz, or you're uh, here? No, I'm in, I'm in New York City, right in Manhattan. Oh, you must have got it traveling, maybe. Probably. Probably yeah. got it traveling. Uh, but, uh, you know, I stayed away from getting it for two and a half years. 
wore a mask all the time, was really, really careful. But, you know, when you're 84 years old, even though I've had five um, vaccinations, you're you're susceptible. So we're getting over it. And uh, we took a little walk today for the first time, which was very nice. And we hope we'll take two walks tomorrow. And by the end of the week, maybe it'll be gone. Professor Dershowitz, uh, George Santos, we had him on the show last night, John Katzmatidis' exclusive interview, and he admitted that he's embellished his resume. That's what he called it, embellished. He said that he, what did he, he he admitted to that he didn't go to graduate from college. There were a couple of things, but he kind of worked around it. Of course, a lot of people, yeah, yeah, Goldman Sachs, and he said he was Jew slash ish because he said his mother something. He just talked kind of like in circles. He was like Senator Warren. Right. He was was like, no offense. He was like a lot of politicians. Uh, (laughs) Senator Blumenthal is the prime example. Senator Blumenthal had bragged about uh, his role in Vietnam and how he was booed and taunted when he came back from Vietnam and then had to admit, of course, that he served with distinction um, in the Marines, but in the United States, had never been in Vietnam. He fessed up to it. And Senator Warren, who claimed to be overwhelmingly, yeah. She claimed to be Native American. And then, of course, we have Eric Swalwell, who had an affair with a Chinese spy and he lied about it. So there have been quite a few liars on both sides of the aisle. Now they're talking about not having him be seated. Do they have any kind of legal recourse? No, no. The only basis for not seating a a congressman is if he doesn't live in the state or wasn't 25 years old. Um, They could look into his ethics once he becomes a member of Congress into his ethics statements and his financial statements, because he's also made misstatements about his finances. He said he makes money off 13 buildings that he owns, and there's no indication of that. There's some indication he may own one building in Rio de Janeiro, uh, but there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of misstatements. You know, my favorite was, of course, where he said, "I'm not Jewish. I'm Jew." Ish, because, uh, uh, but then he said that his grandparents were Holocaust survivors, and there doesn't seem to be any evidence to uh, support that. But uh, he will not be able to be precluded from serving in uh, Congress. He and Professor, in district, wouldn't there be a, a McCarthy's call if he's seated as the chair, uh, you know, the speaker? No, not as to whether he gets seated. The, the, the no, the ethics, not... ethics investigation. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's no question. And and committee assignments. And, right. uh, you know, he may not get committee assignments based on, on this. That's all um, whoever the speaker um, is going to be. And that's still up in, in the air. Uh, that That's an enormously powerful position when it comes to the majority in the uh, House of Representatives. And, you know, he is part of the majority. One of the reasons the Republicans are lining up behind him is it's a, it's a pretty thin majority at this point, and they don't they don't want to lose one. I don't think they'll lose him. And, you know, one hopes that this is an object lesson, and uh, from now on he'll... Yeah, well, he'll I, I don't know how they could do anything to him after you have Swalwell sleeping with a Chinese spy, and then he mm-hmm. sits on the highest uh, intelligence committee and... Uh, Speaker Pelosi did not remove him. Well, look at look at Ilan Omer, who talks about how the only reason that members of Congress vote for Israel is because of the Benjamins, baby. In other words, they're bribed and they're paid. And she she was appointed to serve on the the, the, the highest ranking committee foreign in relations. Congress, foreign relations. Yeah. 
so, you know, you can't have a double standard. Uh, you would hope for a clearer standard, and you would hope that voters would hold accountable uh, members uh, of Congress who have gotten office through misstatements, but that's two years off. We'll see what happens. What about Adam Schiff? I mean, they're... Oh, my God. <laughs> What about Adam Schiff? I mean, he completely lied. He wasted millions and millions of dollars in taxpayer money for a, an investigation that he lied about. Well, if you start looking into the lies of sitting members of Congress, you would have Congress doing nothing but looking into uh, sitting members of Congress on both sides of the aisle. Um, obviously, there's a lot of that going on. And uh, uh, that's why the first uh, Article One of the Constitution gives members of Congress <laughs> – immunity from having to answer about the lies they tell on the floor of the House or the Senate. They yeah, look, look at what Senator Reid. You have a right to lie. Yeah, yeah look what Senator Reid did to Mitt Romney, you mm-hmm. know, on the floor. About his taxes. About yeah, his taxes. There's so many, so many examples of that. Uh, there was a case back in the, I think right after the Civil War, maybe it was right before the Civil War, where um, a member of the South Carolina Senate delegation uh, hit over the head a uh, Massachusetts um, a senator and almost killed him and, and, and gave him a permanent injury. And, and nothing happened to him. Because he was on the floor? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, we, there's a long sorted history of things that are allowed to happen when you're on the floor of the House or the Senate. And uh, it's not something we should be proud of, but it's something that the Constitution uh, essentially uh, permits. Virtually every congressman has taken advantage of that uh, privileges uh, clause in the Constitution and has said things that they couldn't have said off the floor of Congress, so defamations and uh, other kinds of things. So McCarthy, um, um, McCarthy, the Speaker, can make a decision about whether to appoint the committees or what committees they'll be. That's right, and that's maybe the proper remedy, but it has to apply both sides. It has to there has to be a deal between both leaders of both parties that we will not tolerate lying. It can't be something that's applied only to one side, but not the other. Well, Professor, before you run, I want to pose a question to you. Sure. Um, You know, we had this big debate here in New York City about illegals voting. Um, Can the state pass a law that would allow illegals to vote? No, that's really, (laughs) that's a hard question. I, I, doubt it. Um, um, it, it. The question is, can you pass a law generally allowing non-citizens to vote? I think the answer to that probably is yes. I don't think the Constitution either compels it or forbids it. It would probably leave it up to the state. It would not be Alan, a good idea to do. Yeah, Under the state Constitution, the interpretation so far from the state Supreme Court, which is the trial court, said that you have to, when New York City tried to give non-citizens the right to vote, that no, you can't do that. You had to be a citizen under the state constitution. The yeah. problem is that while the state can't do it by a state law, local governments can try to do it. And if they pack the uh, New York Court of Appeals as they're trying to do with left-wing progressives, and that's the latest gambit, they could sustain those kind of local laws. That's the danger. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is not about the right to vote. It's about people voting for one side rather than the other. It, well, even, uh, each party it, is trying to load the electorate in their favor. Well, see, even worse than that, Professor, I worry about – I look at how five people in the Congress whipsawed the Democratic Party out into Crazyville, um, and we're allowing people who don't share our values, our culture, or anything else – 
And if you start allowing them to vote and place people within the Congress, uh, next thing you know, you know, we will not be allied with Israel or, or for that matter, maybe even England if they did something wrong. Um, our, our traditional base of, of allies. Uh, so I, I'm concerned about the future of America and its foreign politics uh, and how that all would work out. I, it, you know, this is not going to end well. It's not going to end well, this open border thing. It's not sustainable. It's not, end well. it's not sustainable. We, New York cannot afford to take in all those migrants and lose all those taxpayers. That's it. Just Look, we're a country of immigrants, and we have to have rational immigration policy that allows immigrants who will help the country, as so many immigrants for so many hundreds of Swear years. Allegiance to the country, Swear allegiance to the country. Swear allegiance to the country. Not bring any diseases in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Professor Dershowitz, oh, as always, for all your wisdom, insight, and we wish you um, health and happiness in the new year, especially health, and you guys will be fine. So, Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Thank Come you. Up. Happy New Year, Alan. Right. New Year's.